This is a prayer that I pray for myself and for you on a regular basis. Paul is praying for the church of Colossae, and he says, For this cause, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Amen. Filled with the knowledge of his will comes three ways. Number one, we have to have a desire. Number two, we must have communion with the Holy Spirit, for he is the spirit of truth. And then thirdly, we must allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. The knowledge of God's will reveals to us what he wants to do in us and for us and through us. And this is where the wisdom of God comes in. You may know the will of God, but wisdom is necessary for us to walk it out. In verse 10 of Colossians 1, he says, That you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. So you and I are instructed above anything and everything. We're instructed to get wisdom. That's what Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get it. And with all thy getting... Get understanding. So this wisdom that God tells us is so necessary is on the inside of you. For Jesus is the wisdom of God. And he's placed his wisdom in you. And this wisdom is calling out your name every day. Aren't you glad? Wisdom is the ability to walk in the knowledge of God's will. Notice with me in Proverbs 1 and verse 20. It says, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares, in the chief concourses, at the openings of gates, in the the gates of the city. So everywhere you are, wisdom can be found. In the Amplified, it says, wisdom cries aloud in the streets. She raises her voice in the marketplaces. I mean, from the supermarket to the stock market, wisdom is there. Because that's where we spend our lives. Now notice in verse 21, I want you to read it with me. Ready, read. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections. Stop right there. The noisy intersections. Why is it noisy? Because wisdom is not the only voice that's calling out to you. The voice of the world, the voice of the flesh. At the noisy intersections. In intersections is a crossroad. It's a place where a decision or a course of action must be made. And so wisdom is crying out at the entrance of the gates. She is speaking to us. And so we must be skilled then in tuning other voices out. And it takes our attention and it takes our focus to be focused on him and what he has before us. Notice with me in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, and I'm going to look at it in the NLT. It says this, listen as wisdom calls out. Can you hear wisdom calling out to you? Hear as understanding raises her voice on the hilltop along the road, and she takes her stand at the crossroads of life. Now, two weeks ago, we found out that at the crossroads, why so many people miss their turn or go the wrong way? Well, we've discovered this, bad directions. How I many of you know that God never gives you bum directions? He will always give you the right directions. 
That's why when we're facing decisions that we should not walk in the counsel of ungodly people. Ungodly can't, people can't help it. They're just ungodly. And ungodly people give ungodly counsel. So we do not want to do that. We must tune our ears to His voice to get the directions that we need so that we can end up at the right place. Amen. And then we need to be very aware that sometimes along the way, while we're in motion, there are course corrections. We have Siri, the spirit inside, revealing information. We have GPS, God's positioning system. Amen? And so the more attuned we are with the Holy Spirit, the more attuned we are to the Word of God, the easier it's going to pick up on the wisdom of God. Now, another reason why people miss their tune, turn, tune to, turn, is because they're just so easily distracted. I mean, I dare say in a congregation of hundreds of people like this, some of you are distracted right now. You're thinking about work tomorrow. You're thinking whether the Giants are going to beat the Tampa Bay Rays. You're thinking about whether the Warriors are going to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Somebody says, how do you know all that? Well, I know. (laughs) Just basically not paying attention. A wandering mind where the mind goes here and goes there and goes everywhere. And the Bible addresses this. It calls people like that simple. It calls people like that gullible. A gullible person is a person that is easily fooled. A gullible person is a person that is not discerning. Getting to the crossroads of life can't discern right or left. Can't discern right or wrong. Can't discern worthless or valuable. It is so important that we give heed to the voice of wisdom. Amen. Somebody says, well, I read it online, Pastor Mark, and it must be true. Not. This radio preacher said it, so it must be true. Not. He may have a doctorate. He may have a PhD. He may have a DD. But does he have the Word of God and revelation knowledge giving you the right thing? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a fool. Don't act foolishly. We don't want to be gullible. Now, we're going to look at a classic example of a woman by the name of Martha that was very easily distracted. Look with me at Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I want you to notice both of them at one time in this time where Jesus came to the house, both of them at one time were sitting at his feet. And what were they hearing? They were hearing his word. But what else were they hearing? They were hearing his wisdom. Because his wisdom is found in his word. But now notice in verse 40. But Martha was distracted. Everyone say distracted. With much serving. Now, the word distracted here literally means driven about in the mind. Driven about in the mind. And if we're honest about it, every one of us have been there. Even while driving. A distraction 
is being in the moment unable to discern what's most important. And is there anything more important that when you're driving, hands on the wheel and eyes on the road? Is there anything more important as we're going down the road of life, eyes on Him and hands raised to do His will? Oh, glory to God. And so we see here that the wisdom of God is calling out to all of us, but oftentimes we get too easily distracted. And that's what happened to Martha. She was listening. Understand this. She sat at his feet with Mary. She was listening. Then all of a sudden, certain thoughts came to her mind. Oh, my goodness. The house is full. Uncle Buck brought his whole dry tribe with him. There's many, many people here, and I've got to feed them. I better get in the kitchen and determine what I'm going to feed this bunch. See, was there anything more important for her than to sit at Jesus' feet? How many of you know that Jesus could have turned the water into wine, a biscuit into a meal? Amen. If she would just have stayed focused. And here's what the Bible says. She approached him and she said, Lord, don't you care? Think about it. Asking the Prince of Peace if he's not full of care. That my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, you you can just see it. She's like this. Kind of like some of you get on Thanksgiving. Look at Weiss translation says. Read this with me. Ready, read. But Martha was going around in circles, overoccupied with preparing the meal. And bursting in upon Jesus, she assumed a stance over him and said, Lord, is it not a concern to you that my sister has let me down to be preparing the meal alone? Ooh, that's dangerous. She set herself up for a Martha, Martha. Whenever you hear the Lord call your name twice, just mark it down, hit your knees. There's some repenting to do. Notice with me in verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. People that are worried and people that are troubled are people that are distracted. How do you know when you're being distracted? Always check your peace level. You'll find that when distractions of mind come, minds, mind comes, it's very often the enemy bringing lies to your soul. Distractions of the mind entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Distractions of the mind such as the doctor's report. Distractions of the mind, such as unpaid bills. Distractions of the mind, such as rebellious children. These are distractions designed to choke God's word out of your life. If the enemy can choke the word out of your life, he can keep you from producing the kind of manifestation that you so long for and you so desire. Listen. If you're being distracted, what's happening is you're being pulled away. 
And here's what Isaiah 26, 3 says. It says this, I will keep you in perfect peace as you keep your mind stayed on me. God will do for you if you will do for him. If you will keep your mind out of the land of distractions and keep it on him as your savior, keep it on him as your healer, keep it on him as your financier. Come on, somebody. Just keep your mind stayed or set on him. Then he will do this. He will keep you not just in peace, but he'll keep you in a double portion of peace. Now, what does that mean? God says, the Prince of Peace says, I will keep you in perfect peace, which means shalom, shalom. Which means when you allow yourself to not be distracted, I will keep you in a place where you will have nothing missing or nothing broken in your life. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Listen to this statement. This is worth your drive here today. The absence of peace is the product of a wandering mind. The absence of peace in our lives. It is the product of a wandering, distracted mind. But how many of you know we can follow Mary's example? Notice with me in verse 42 and read it with me. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen... It is my choice and it is your choice daily to choose the good portion. And when we choose the good portion, it'll not be ripped off from us. The devil is a rip-off artist. And the main area that he works against us in is the mind. The mind is the arena of faith. The mind is the arena of faith. If you can keep the devil in the arena of faith, you can whip him every time. But if he can pull your mind out of the arena of faith, the arena that he wants to move in is the arena of fear. The arena of doubt. The arena of unbelief. Somebody says, I wish I could do this. You can do this. All you've got to do is make a determined decision. I'm going to choose the good part today. I'm going to roll my chair over on God. And for this day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I refuse to be moved. I refuse to be worried. God's moving on my behalf. Lift both hands and say with me, my God is moving on my behalf. So I'm encouraging you to stay tuned for the voice of wisdom. And you will end up at your wealthy place. Now, here's another reason why we miss our turn. Sometimes we have a tendency to move too quickly. We were supposed to turn 10 minutes ago and we discovered, oh, man, we're ended up in a place we don't want to be in. A couple of years ago, I was down in Sarasota and I decided I was going to drive Pastor Andy Asakwe to church that night. Because they had treated Brenda and I so wonderfully in Nigeria. They gave us police escorts to our our services. It was an amazing degree of honor that we didn't deserve shown upon us. So I wanted to kind of return the favor a little bit. 
I knew it was his birthday, so I went and got a card, slipped a $100 bill in there, and said, Andy, let me drive you to church. He said, okay, Pastor Mark, in his Nigerian voice. <clears throat> Turns out Andy knew the directions better than I did. <laughs> We're driving down that freeway, and Andy says, Pastor Mark, I think you missed your turn. No, it's right up here. So five miles later... I discovered that I'd missed my turn. We were late for the service. I made the apostle of God from Africa late for church. <laughs> Folks, we will, either, <laughs> we will either spend time preparing or repairing. Preparing or repairing. I'd rather not live in a state of repairing. Where because I've moved so fast and I've messed up and I've missed God, now I've got to go back and undo what I've done, throw myself over on the mercy of God, and let Him restore and repair. Now, no misunderstand me. He is the restorer and He is the repairer. But God's best is for you and I to be prepared. Oh, and that's good preaching. Amen. Here's what happens. When you and I get in a hurry, and we've all done it. In Proverbs 19 and verse 2 and 3 from the NLT, it says this. Enthusiasm, let's look at the NLT. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. You know, you can get excited about something, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the will of God. You have to be very careful. You have to be very mindful. Is this an enthusiasm? of the flesh or is this a witness of the spirit so it says enthusiasm without knowledge it's no good haste makes mistakes next verse people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then how come the Lord did that the Lord had nothing to do with it you had everything to do with it. That's the main problem. It's not the problem with him. It's the problem with us. So we do not want to blame God when things go south. We want to regather and refocus and make the adjustments that need to be made. Are you listening to this reverend today? Now notice with me Proverbs 21.5 in the Passion Translation. And I want you to read this together with me. It says, brilliant, read with me, brilliant ideas pay off and bring you prosperity. But making hasty, impatient decisions will only lead... You can lose money by being too hasty. You can lose money by buying the wrong car. Well, but so-and-so's got this car and so-and-so's got this car. I got to get that car. How many of you know you do not know what was going on in the assembly line that day? They made your car. That's why you need to go on the car lot and pray in tongues. That's right. I said on the car lot, praying in tongues. Not necessarily in front of the salesperson, but you can pray in tongues on the parking lot and you can know if that's God's choice for you. Amen. Oh man, they got these new dresses. They got these new suits. I got to get one. They're running out. They're running out. They make new dresses and they may make new suits every day. You want 
to be led. Do not make a hasty decision. Jesus did not make a hasty decision to go raise Lazarus from the dead. You know, Lazarus was very sick. And Lazarus died. And Mary and Martha came to Jesus to tell him, Jesus, Lazarus, our brother, is extremely sick. And here's what Jesus said. He says, this sickness is not unto death. But this sickness is for the glory of God. What does that mean? Jesus knew full well that Lazarus was going to die. The glory wasn't given to God when he died. The glory of God was given when Jesus raised him from death to life. Oh, come on, somebody. But I want you to notice something here in this story in John 11, in verse 4. When Jesus heard this, in other words, he was not going to be pressured by people. He was not going to be pressured by a clock. He was not going to be pressured by his emotions or his relationship with his loved ones. In verse 4, when Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man might be glorified through it. Verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, (laughs) he parked. You'd think that he would just gone real fast. But Jesus knew that there was a timing. And Jesus knew that he needed a couple of days before he headed out toward Lazarus. Did Jesus get the results that he wanted? He absolutely did. But he was not pressured to move too quickly. Oh, come on, somebody. And then in verse 7, he says, Then after he said to his disciples, Okay, it's time to go. Let's go. A major key to experiencing his glory in your life and in my life is refusal to be pressured by people and by time. Many folks, they're moving too quickly, moving too fast. You may be at a crossroad today in your life where a decision needs to be made. And here's what wisdom says to us. Wait. Wait. Don't move now. Wait. You've all heard this term. Sometimes you'll get a message to look at YouTube at a sermon or something and it takes time for it to come in. And people say, wait for it. Wait for it. You ever heard that? Wait for it. Wait for it. And I believe that wisdom many times in our lives is saying, Mark, son, daughter, take time to wait for it. Take time. Waiting time is not wasted time. Waiting time is invaluable time. Waiting time is preparing time. Somebody says, Pastor, what am I waiting for? You're waiting for a word. You don't need a sign. You don't necessarily need a personal prophecy. What you need is a word. What are you waiting on? I'm not only waiting for a word, but I'm waiting for the witness of the Spirit. And I'm waiting for the wisdom of God. And my brothers and sisters, when you have the word, 
when you have the wisdom and you have the witness. Ooh, glory to God. It's time to launch out to the perfect will of God for it shall be done. Look at your neighbor and say, it'll all come to pass. It'll all come to pass at last. Amen. Now here's the last reason in our little short series on course corrections. The last reason why, and these aren't the only ones, but the last reason I want to share with you why people miss their turn is because they have pride. They're full of pride. I didn't say they're full of the devil, but full of pride. What do you mean full of pride? They think they know a better way. Guys, before GPS, just picture this. You're on the road with your honey. And your honey's sitting over there sweetly. You just got... Stopped at In-N-Out Burger. You had a double-double animal style with a malt and fries. Oh, you're feeling good. You're heading down the road. You're heading to Los Angeles. You're going to go to Disney. Man, you're... But you got enraptured in conversation and, and different things. And all of a sudden, from that side of the car, Sweetie, I think we missed our turn. Now... It doesn't come out like that in my household. It comes out like, Mark! (laughs) You missed your turn. No, 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 no. I know a better way. How many of you know that's pride? (laughs) Folks, keeping going and keeping moving when you know that you don't know the better way, you better stop and ask for directions and go Yahweh. Come on, somebody. Here's what humility does. Humility admits, humility stops, and asks for directions. See, it's so true. The book of Proverbs says it so clearly. And we're going to receive communion in a moment or two. But here's what Proverbs says. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man. Notice the men are really getting it today. But, all right, somebody said. But its end is the way of death. Well, that's the way so-and-so did it. That's the way so-and-so you know, that, that must be your example. No, thank God for so-and-so, but you do not... Don't allow yourself to be led by what so-and-so did. Yeah, but it worked for them. But if it's not God, it won't work for you. You see it over and over again in the Word of God. You see themes. You see the theme of, of the path. Everyone say the path. You see in the Word of God the right path, the wrong path. You see the bright path, and you see the dark path. Do you not? It's one of the main themes in the book of Proverbs. For example, in Proverbs 4.18, it says that the path of the just, say it with me, the path of the righteous, that's who I am. Let's just declare it real strong. My path is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. 
He'll show you the path of life. The path of life contains the presence of God in it and on it. And when God's presence is in something and on something, you can be sure that it's right. And as a result of His presence being in it and on it and all around you, there comes a fullness of joy. That's where you get happy to do the will of God. I mean, it may look impossible, but you know a God of Him with whom nothing is impossible. Amen. Now, here's a sure way that you and I can know that we get on the right path and we stay on the right path. It's found in Proverbs chapter 3. This is the last verse we'll look at. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Are you getting anything today? Yes. Proverbs chapter 3. Notice this with me. In verse 5, trust in who? The Lord. With what? With and lean not to your own your own head. You got the heart and you got the head. The head will say one thing, the heart will say another. A major key to staying on the right path is trust. Trusting in Him is the opposite of leaning on this or leaning on this. If you look at the Amplified, the word trust means to lean into, rely on. I mean, put the whole of your weight on it. You can put the whole of your weight on the word, the witness, and the wisdom of God. That's what you trust. That's what you go with. Anything else is a distraction of the mind, and we need to cast it down and put it under our feet. And we get to this place of trust... By acknowledging Him. Look at the next verse. Read it with me. In all my ways, I acknowledge you. Does He want to direct your paths? Does He want to bring you into your wealthy place? Does He want to do the exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think? Is it His desire? For you to struggle. No. Is it his desire for you to go through life with half rations? No. It is my desire, saith the Lord, to give unto you the kingdom of God and the keys of the kingdom. And here's a major key. Put your hand over your heart. And let's pray this before we receive communion. Heavenly Father, I lean in. I trust you with all my heart and so this morning I'm asking you to direct all my paths give me a word give me the witness and give me wisdom I acknowledge you in all my ways today this week in every day I acknowledge you in all my ways Now let's raise both hands and let's thank Him for directing our paths. In the name of Jesus, everyone shout Amen.